Uh, hello and welcome back to another episode of A Little on the Long Side. I'm John Purchase. With me for the huge is my good friend Jim Henderson. And uh, today we are going to talk about downsizing. It's a term a lot of people have heard. Uh, your family members may have been involved in it. And uh, let's get right into it. How are you, Jim? I'm doing fine, John. And thanks for having me here. And you had been bugging me to talk about downsizing now for for a few weeks. And <laughs> and I apologize for hesitating uh, in our initial few uh, podcasts that we did. I w- really wanted to talk about environment and sustainability because um, in some weird way, this all ties back into uh, a much bigger picture. And um, so downsizing is a part of a, a huge I would say economic thing that we're going to be experiencing over the next 20 years. Uh, I, I was actually writing a, an email to somebody earlier today, just telling some of the facts of what we know about the downsizing of America and that it could possibly be the single largest uh, economy and everything that's related to it, of course, to downsizing that we'll have over the next 20 years. And, um, so I, I guess a lot of people are trying to figure out who's downsizing, why are they downsizing, how many people are doing it. And there's, there's a lot of stats from the Census Bureau. And of course, uh, this is the anniversary of the 10 years. So we'll get some more uh, verification of some of the things that we've projected since the last census. Um, but we are an aging population. There's, there's over 100 million people over the age of 56 in America. That's a third of our population is facing retirement, facing health issues. They're facing uh, death of a loved one. They're fa- All of these things are going to cause somebody that owns a house uh, or has a large condo or a large apartment to downsize, which means it's taken them 30 plus years to upsize and almost like at the flip of a switch or the turning of a hourglass about five or six years ago, we started seeing the signs of downsizing. And that is people with larger homes that had been successful, had moved on up and moved into the bigger homes for their children, to raise their children, to some of them bring in their elderly parents because a lot of the older baby boomers are caretakers by nature. And and so they put the in-law apartment in, but also the parents of boomers. And, and I'm going to throw out some stats that maybe some people don't know about. But uh, according to latest research that I've done, we've got over 26 million Americans that are over 74 years old. And those would be classified as parents of boomers. Uh, we've got another 77, roughly, some say 76 million baby boomers. So that's that 100 plus that are over 56 years old. Well, the older boomers taking care of their parents, maybe in their 80s. One thing about those parents is they didn't throw anything out. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they're true. a product of, of the depression. Mm-hmm. And so how many, how many times have, we see it a lot up in New England when we're going into a home that's being downsized and uh, we hear the expression that I'm never gonna live without again. And so you're, you're trying to sort through uh, a 37, 3,800 square foot home that 
and that's kind of the average uh, home of boomers and, and uh, their parents. I mean, obviously, there's some that are much, much bigger that we work with. But it's, I think it's, it's in the 3,700 square foot range. Uh, it sounds like a lot, but I mean, we had a home that was in the 3,200 square foot, and it was fairly modest uh, a few years ago. And, and we downsized. My, when, when, mm-hmm. when our daughter went off to college, and, and she went when she was 17, uh, that very summer, we put the big house on the market and downsized. Yeah. I didn't want to be one of those statistics. <laughs> you got you were ahead of the curve. Well, I've seen how it how it plays on people that that wait too late. They wait until there's a health issue or or something happens within the family and the family dynamics, and now they've got to list their house and sell it. Yeah, uh, and it doesn't just weigh on on the homeowners themselves, as you said. It, it's the family of that downsizing person or couple. Yeah, uh, I. My family went through uh, when we closed down my grandparents' home in the Detroit area, which is probably 15 plus years ago, and large home, 4,000 square feet, and they were Depression-era folks, and they were perfect examples of the I will never live without again mind frame, and it took us weeks to go through. They didn't get rid of anything, right? right. and it can be problematic. so yeah, it, it, it is it is a very real phenomenon that is coming into full swing now. Yeah. Well, and, and what I'd like to do over the next couple of series of discussions and, and just, I think we could probably s- spend quite a bit of time on this because there's a there's a whole psychology to this downsizing that and and you have to understand what gut people with all this stuff, and because now they got to get rid of it, and and it's. Way more than when your grandparents, because you're a Gen Xer, right? Mm-hmm. So Gen Xers, for those that don't know, is uh, the group of people uh, that were born between 1961 and 1980, basically 40 to 55 years old, um, and they actually make up. Uh, you guys are there's more. Uh, we're a big group, 82 million, yeah. uh, according to what I what I saw. So it's a big group, but uh, the thing with Gen Xers is uh, you didn't upsize. No, no. As as a as a whole, you're. I don't want to say minimalist like millennials, and we'll talk about that too. Right, but no, uh, but you're absolutely right. My generation didn't follow the lead of of my parents. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, the parents of our generation that every few years you'd buy a larger home, you'd get new furniture, and yep. you, you know everything you kept getting bigger. Yeah. We just we bought our homes and we stayed in that size home. Yeah, I if you if you look at that first wave of industrialization late 1800s the 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 shoe factories the woolen mills and then along comes cars and and then and then tvs and 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 we were making things and selling them around the world and so we had the 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 greatest economy in the history of mankind between the early uh the late 1800s up right up through the 60s and 70s i mean we were an industrial nation that just had product and we uh, amassed tens of trillions, if not hundreds of trillions of dollars in wealth in a very short time. Uh, but with that wealth came this success that came, as you said, like your parents, your grandparents, the bigger house. That was a sign of your success. The, the house, the possessions, the cars, mm-hmm. the, the toys. Uh, that was the defining 
of success was what you had. But there's also this recognition that as we get into the later years, into the 70s and 80s and, and into the 90s, was this reflection and looking back and looking at the family and, and people had this nostalgia for their, for their family. So I, I think, again, we'll, we'll kind of focus on the older baby boomers because mm-hmm. I'm sort of in the middle uh, towards the lower end of baby boomers. So I would fit into the, the category of not wanting all this stuff. But the older boomers, the ones in their uh, mid-60s up to 70 to 70, well, they go up to age 74 right now uh, for baby boomers, they had this sense of obligation not to throw out their parents' things. And, mm-hmm. and, and hence, a lot of them, their grandparents' things. So now you've got a home that raised an average of four kids, because that's what the boomers had, designed for four kids. Now you, you maybe have an in-law couple living there. You've, you've collected the stuff that they had and their parents had, and it's in your basement, it's in your garage, or it's in a, a warehouse facility like ours. I mean, we started seeing a lot of that stuff coming into storage in New England uh, about 10 years ago. And, and now it comes in almost like every day. It was a little at a time here and there for four or five years, but in the last four years, it's like every day. There's it's a some flood. Yeah, stuff's coming in because people don't know what to do with it. So downsizing is is something that what I tell people when they ask me is not something you can, you're choosing to do. It's more often it's you have to do it. And, and, and again, I'll go back to health uh, and, and age because they go hand in hand. You can't get up and down the stairs. I can't get up and down the stairs. I've what, had three <laughs> knee surgeries. I, I fit the bill of somebody who should be 80 years old. And what am I? I'm only like 37, right? Yeah, John? yeah. I thought it was 39, but yes. Well, yeah, yeah close enough. We'll say we'll 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 take take 39 if we can get it. But yeah, we have a th- three-story townhouse uh, in New England, and there are days it's tough to get up and down the stairs. It's only sure. a matter of time that we'll do a one-story somewhere. So that's going to force. Uh, a sort of a downsize. Now we sold the the bigger house, got rid of a lot of that stuff, so we're already kind of downsized and ready for it. And that was ten years ago. Uh, believe it or not, almost fourteen. Really? Okay. Yeah. So yeah, you definitely beat the. I was the I was in my friend. Literally fourteen, sixty one minus fourteen. That sounds like I was in my forties. I was <laughs> when I did a downsize, which is totally atypical. Yeah. I mean, most people don't even think about it until they hit 56, 57. But again, we, we split it. We have a, a home here in Florida and a home in New England. And, and I get one of, that's one of the things we'll talk about too, is wh- where are the people going to? That yeah, are wh- where are they coming from? Where are where they, are they going, going to? to? Yeah. And, and, and I find it fascinating because there are very distinct patterns in, in the country that, that not just me and our company see because we keep data on where people move to and from. Mm-hmm. We've been keeping that data with the William CF company now for almost 30 years, we're tracking every move, where they came, where they went to. And now we're putting ages to them and it all makes sense. And so we, we have people retiring. That That's the first thing that I think spawns on the thought of downsizing is empty nest. When, when the last of the... Th- two or three children uh, leave the house and you've got this bigger house. It, I know when, when our daughter left, it was, it was empty. 
it was, you know, we got this 32, 3,300 square foot house and it was empty. It was quiet. It was like you could hear a pin drop. Well, and and you and your wife had your two kids and their army of friends. Oh, yeah. You're right. It was 12 of which were always staying at your house to begin with. Yeah, it was. We call it the dorm. We, We actually had a third floor loft or attic area that we kind of partially finished off and there were bunk beds up there. There were young men that were heading off to college or in between college and masters or something that worked for our company. And yeah, we, we, we had a house full always, but they were there when our kids were in high school and in college. Right. So yeah, we had always several people at the house. There's always a bustle of activity at the Henderson home. So, you know, with our daughter and she was very involved in sports and all of her friends were always in and out. When, when that was over, I mean, it was, it was like, wow, what are we going to do? So that really sparked, uh, forced us into the downsize, I think a little bit early, because not that we had regrets about selling the big house, because it's one of those things. Again, we, we upsized, we, the, the success was shown in, in this beautiful home and there was a lot of pride in it, but, um, it, it got to where now we're spending less and less time in New Hampshire. We can't maintain it like like I did when I lived there full time. So it didn't make sense to have it. So the emptiness prompted us to sell the house. The uh, having two two locations to live forced us into deciding a, kind of a smaller house in both locations because there's no sense because of when you're not there, it's maintenance and upkeep. So yeah. that that was uh, is one of the things that forces a downsize is the empty nest and that can happen like with us as soon as the last one goes off to college with uh, a lot of younger baby boomers having kids later in life and now gen xers some a lot of them not having children Mm -hmm. you're not looking to the bigger house and so uh or if you did the younger boomers only had two uh and the older ones had four on average so that whole thing changes the dynamics with the, 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 you know, I have brothers and sisters that had, you know, three or four kids. So, and then we, we had two because we kind of get started a little later. Um, but so the, 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 the empty nest becomes a lot more prominent, uh, the bigger the house and the more activity with the other one is retirement. And, and there's this thing that people want to retire at 65 or 64. And I, I remember people not thinking about retirement until they were 70, 72. But I, I think more, more boomers don't want to live like their parents did and, and work right up until you you're, can't enjoy life when your health doesn't allow you to get out and do sure. things. Yeah. So I, I, there's a move. So I think, I think that's really forcing more people to downsize because they're retiring earlier. Now there were those, there's a lot of statistics saying that a lot of people are being forced to work longer because they don't have retirement benefits. You know, the big corporate retirement benefits aren't there anymore. We, we talked about longevity at businesses and stuff. These now it's, unless you're working for Amazon or Google or one of the, you know, top, the big tech companies, tech companies that, that will bring in and, and give you, uh, the kind of benefits that some of the Fords and the GEs and the Sylvanias gave, gave Americans in, in back in the day. Um, so yeah, there are some that, that statistics that show that people 
are working longer because they have to, but it's it's a smaller segment than what it used to be. I right. mean, people, people, even with the retirements and with all of the pensions, would work longer. Well, uh, we see with our clients regularly, uh, they'll retire and they give it about five minutes and suddenly they, they just can't stand it. They've got to be busy. They've got to go back to that daily grind. To that end, I've given it some thought and I will actually be retiring next Thursday. Okay. All right. So as long as you come in to work on Friday, uh, the next day, you can retire Thursday. That, that doesn't really work with what I had <laughs> planned, but, uh, we'll discuss. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant just retiring for the oh, evening. For the day. For, oh, yeah. no, no. Oh, permanent retirement. Well, huh, that kind of changes. Uh, anyway, that changes things. Yes. What would you say in your research and, and based on what we've seen here, what's the, is there a one standout reason that we, uh, that we've got this mass downsizing population? I would say it's retirement at this point retirement, for, for this generation. Right? Yeah. Retirement, uh, is not just what we see because we, that, that is the main thing that we see, but it also is vilified, uh, not vilified, verified, verified. My wife said yesterday that vilify means something totally different. <laughs> It sounds good, but verify. So verified uh, that there's literally 10,000 people retiring every day. So 10,000 a day, that's 70,000 a week uh, times 4.33, roughly 300,000 a month retiring. So that that sparks the let's get the house sold and, and downsize more than anything, I think. So... Um, and we're seeing that. We're seeing that in New England, we're seeing it in the Midwest. Those are the areas primarily where people had the jobs and were working. And so there's this, this shift of people. And, and, and again, we can see it because we're in the, the moving business and we see the, the multitude of people heading south. And um, I think it's no surprise to find out that there's a thousand people a day moving into the state of Florida. Mm-hmm more than any other state, actually two to one over Texas. Texas, the last I, I read up on it, was around 500 a day. And um, the, the states with the, the largest exodus, Michigan, New York, the Midwest and Northeast states, because uh, again, people are claiming residencies in Florida where there's no state income tax mm-hmm. and taxes are fairly low. So you see a lot of New York and New Jersey, New England people coming down to Florida because it's a better tax haven. Plus the weather's better. So Well, it's Florida. It's, it's Florida. the sunshine state. It's, that brings up a question. What's happening in the areas that everyone is leaving? Obviously, there are all these larger homes that are now available mm-hmm. uh, because people are, they're downsizing. Yeah. I, I think we can only project on that, John, because... There's certain areas like outside of Boston that are just always going to have a draw because sure. there's yeah. you got the universities, uh, great great universities, uh, Harvard, Yale, BU, BC. I mean, there's there's a lot of it's an epicenter of learning, so you're you're going to see that maintain a certain population. But I think the outlying areas, states like Maine, New Hampshire, Vermont, you, you know where the number one state where uh, millennials are moving to? Hmm. Where? Washington State. And Oregon, Oregon was a hot spot Oregon. for a while. Yeah. Well, th- again, that's where the tech companies are now. That's where Amazon and Google and Microsoft are, are up there. And, and there's this fascination with the Pacific West right now. Having lived most of my life in New England, 
I don't see an attraction to go to a place because New England is, they name it New England because it's like England where it's cloudy and rainy and drizzly all the time. <laughs> There's a reason they called it that. So I would never have had a desire to go there or a place that's just the same, only maybe a little bit warmer and not so much snow. <laughs> but I'd never, I've never actually been up to the Pacific uh, Pacific West. And, uh, but I've heard that there's a lot of rain and cloudy and that's drizzle. what they say. Yeah. Not, not attracting me, but yeah, there's a fascination. In fact, um, I was just, uh, checking some, some numbers and there's a thousand people a week moving into just the city of Seattle a week, a thousand people a week moving into Seattle versus, uh, a thousand people, uh, coming to Florida a in day, time frame? a, a day. day. So, yeah. you know, we we're seven and times we're spread across the state. Not right. one city, city within right. the state. Right. Well, let's go back to some math on on downsizing because uh, I mentioned earlier that it could be the largest economy this country's ever seen. I want to try to bring this back to the philosophy, the 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 mindset of mm-hmm. how we got to a point where downsizing can is it, it's not might be it's going to be massive because. We're laying the groundwork right now of the numbers of people, 100 million people over 56 years old. A lot of these people collected the stuff that their parents had. Their parents collected the stuff what their parents had. And all of this stuff is somewhere in their house or in some self-storage building somewhere. Now they're getting older. Nobody wants any of it. That's the issue with downsizing. I don't want anything that my parents or their parents would have. My older brother, who's an older millennial uh, at around 70, would be more interested in saving things. Older boomer. Boomer, what did I say? Millennial. Oh, boomer, right, thanks. So yeah, he's he, you know he's the oldest uh, of, of our six or seven of us. Mm-hmm. And so he would, he would fit the more responsible. So he's probably got a lot of stuff in his basement in his house, he probably has stuff stored from family members. Sure, he's the he's the family member that that kept that, that yeah. hung on to those. Right. Things. Yeah. We have a lot of stuff. In fact, they say that boomers and their parents have more accumulated wealth and possessions than any other uh, generation in the history of mankind. Uh, I've heard reports anywhere from forty to a hundred trillion dollars in things, stuff, cars, collections, just furniture. Mm-hmm antiques, art, and, um, you know, the more successful you were, the more things you collected. Right. Now you see the trend of the younger people with success. They want to travel. They want to go on a, a SpaceX ex- expedition to <laughs> sure. outer space yeah. with Elon Musk or whoever is doing that uh, SpaceX thing. That's what they want to spend their millions on. They, you know, the older ones bought art, jewelry, and cars, and homes, and I mean, we have clients that have so many homes they don't even know where they are. So it's a it's it's all about this expression of I'm successful and, and buying all this stuff. But their parent, their children, most of them will not want that stuff. So now it's got to find a home. And so if you think of even forty trillion dollars worth of assets with a hundred million people, if you just use the number divide by two. Most of these people are married, we'll just assume. Sure. And their spouse isn't dead yet, might be dead in a few years. Again, not 
just saying that's age. That's what yeah. we do. I'm, you know, a lot closer to the end game than, than it was 20 years ago. So we have to be realistic that it, at some point there's going to be one. And I mean, we hear stories of people dying like within a week of each other, which is kind of. It's sad it's and romantic. Romantic and, and yeah. kind of, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we're getting to a point where we, th my wife and I talk about that. Sure. You know, what are you, what are you going to do? Uh, well, I don't know. Yeah. You know, we're, we've been used to each other now for 43 years. So it's. Yeah. Talk about an empty nest. I don't, I don't know which, you know, what would happen. But yeah, my wife and I have the same discussion. You know, you have a few years on me, but, but my right. wife and I talk about the same thing too. And, and our issue is neither one of us gets to die before the other one. Yeah. We, yeah well, we, we're going to have to Thelma and Louisa. Well, you know, outside of a plot uh, based on a, a movie, which was <laughs> really cool, we have to live in the reality. So now uh, if you look at the, let's say 50 million households, mm -hmm with 40 trillion dollars worth of stuff that most no one else wants right I'll, I'll let me let me give you the list you've got the millennials is 82 million D do you know that just a few years ago the u.s census said that uh, 40 percent of the, the millennials men, millennials there's 95 million i'm sorry gen xers there's 82 of you okay millennials my children mm -hmm. they're millennials 40 percent of that 95 million are still living at home so when when their parents sell the big house, they're getting an apartment. Yeah, because the parents. I mean, we've been involved uh, in New England a few times, maybe down here too, where the parents sell the house just to get somebody out of the house, <laughs> and that is a reality. It's I don't it's admit sad. It, but it's true. <laughs> it's true. So so you got forty percent of that ninety five million living at home. Most Gen Xers have their own house. Uh, you know they're a little bit more uh, responsible and tied into things than millennials. Millennials are like, yeah, I'll, I'll get another degree. I'll go back to college. I, mm -hmm. I don't really know what I want to be. And they're 40 something years old and they're still trying to figure out what they want to be. And that's just the sign of the times. That's just the way it's worked out. Um, so they're certainly not taking any of this stuff. Right. And so a lot of the stuff is going to be totally worthless. Mm -hmm. and, and the, But a lot of it is going to have some incredible value. Well, yeah, we and those are the things that we're working on when 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 we look at possibilities to uh, incorporate into our own business structure mm -hmm. in terms of being. I mean, we're we're kind of counselors now for a lot of these families, full on counselors, and you know when they they've decided to sell the house, they ultimately they call us. And they've got a thirty to forty five day window because there's a contract on their house. Guess what? Thirty to forty five days is not enough time. To downsize no a big house no. it's, you can't even scratch the surface but because there's nothing really available i mean there's no website you can go into that just says here yeah. this is what you do this we can help we can do this this and this yeah and there are a few organizations out there uh, auction type companies that can mm -hmm. come in and, and try and liquidate an entire home but these things don't happen overnight and right. they rarely happen within the course of a month or two months or three months yeah and so I think that will be a topic of another uh, time, mm -hmm. just because I think we need to look at that. I would like to expose that a little more, and and what what that economy, what our economy is going to look like with this downsizing, because there's a lot to it. I mean, we're, we're there's there's a lot of opportunities to kind of redirect a lot of the this obsess obsession with having things and redirect the the resources and whatnot to help others. 
to make a better environment. And, and I'm pretty excited about that. I, I think there's tremendous opportunities on repurposing things mm -hmm. so that we're, we're not firing up factories to build something new. Right. We can reuse this stuff. We have to find a way to do it. And you know, we've talked yeah. about- Yeah, and we're not that. filling landfills. Right, not, land. yeah. So I think it, it's scary to think all this stuff is not gonna have value because nobody wants it. But at the same time, there might be an opportunity to kind of educate people and, and help them be re more re responsible with the environment and what, mm -hmm. what we do with these things. So, and, and I've got a great friend, uh, Steve Feldman up in uh, New York area that has done a whole business on yeah. repurposing things that people normally throw away. And, and again, uh, we'll talk about this. I know yeah, our times, times. Absolutely, Renovation Angel, Steve Feldman. Incredible, uh, he's a great guy and the work he's doing is, is fantastic on many levels. So check him out, uh, Renovation Angel. But yes, let's uh, put a pin in this one, in this episode, and we'll come back. Mm -hmm. uh, we yeah. hope you'll join us for part two of our talk on uh, downsizing. And we'll see you next time. Thanks. Thanks.